Hey everybody, you got a present matrix here. This is Dave. Uh, we haven't been here for a while um, because of a move and everything like that. I'll tell you all about that. I know some of this stuff might be repetitive, but um, <clears throat> this is the first time that I've been a again on uh, Twitch. And I think I owe Twitch an explanation or the people that listen on Twitch an explanation. Uh, you like my, my hat? This is hat was like from back in 2005. I wore this hat when we um, took our hike out in the desert to look for the real crash site down in Roswell. So I tend to make things last a long time. This hat is pristine. It almost looks brand new. So um, anyway, I digress. Um, so what's been going on, folks, at Twitch? Um, I've made a couple of other videos in the meantime. <clears throat> I didn't have very good internet here at the time. So what I did is I recorded them and then I uploaded them and I was happy enough to be able to do that. But um, recent developments have made it so that I can uh, I can do a little better. Let me show you my little friend here. Don't worry, I'm not Austin Miles, okay? Uh, anyway, we have this here. This is called a Jetpack and it's from Verizon and it enables me, this is a hotspot. It, it enables me to broadcast um, at a fairly decent rate, I think faster than I did um, up in Crawfordsville. Uh, yeah, up in Crawfordsville. Well, let's go with that. Um, we uh, moved uh, probably around the mid, oh, I don't know, 14th or so of, of uh, November and got out of Crawfordsville and moved to our new location that's about 40 miles south, maybe. And um, we live in uh, way up in the hills now. <laughs> Before it was kind of like in a little town in the country. Now we're up in the hills. And, and because of that, it's been hard to get um, internet up here. Um, having CenturyLink put in a line on uh, next Tuesday, uh, they're coming out to do that. And and that's a good thing. It's going to be 10 megs. You know, it's barely enough to do this show, if it is enough. If not, we have our friend Jetpack over there. And... Um, so we will be able to start our show again on Monday. Uh, Brian should be already too. He's got some stuff going on too. So, and if he wants to share that with you, that's great. But um, anyway, it's it's been very interesting, uh, very nerve wracking in some ways, and and blessings in many many ways. Okay, uh, let's see. So we we sold our house in three days for more than we asked for which was really neat. And it came in handy because we used a realtor and you know what they do. They take 3% and, uh, and both realtors take it. So you end up giving 6% away. Um, but you know, in all fairness, they worked really hard to get our house sold. And the testimony is that it's sold in three days. Okay. Okay. So we, um, we were supposed to be out on the 10th and then, uh, we wanted to get out. We wanted to close earlier because we wanted to take some of the money that we got from the sale and spend it on moving vans, movers, um, and all that good stuff. You know, trailers, the truck, the whole nine yards, you know. And, um, so we, you know, we got our, our money for the house and um, yeah, it was a happy day <laughs> and uh, rented the truck and everything. It had some guys from Corvallis come over. Um, I can never remember the name. Oh, yes, I can. Hold on. If I have my phone, 
I told these guys I was going to plug them. I think I have. Oh, I don't. But um, there's something like Beaver State moving and you're out of Corvallis. <clears throat> okay. So if you're going to move and you're local around here, give them a call. They're really fair. The guy went to school for engineering and he packed that both the van or the truck, I should say. He packed the truck with skill I've never seen before. I mean, it was like watching, um, oh, that game where they knock blocks around and, you know, I can't remember, Jenga, not Jenga. It's, it's a computer game. Anyway, it was like watching that, <laughs> you know, and he had a helper and they did a fantastic job packing the truck up and even throwing stuff into my truck so I could take it over there. And then we took most of the stuff down to storage. Uh, the Lord bless us with a storage unit. And um, so he took out the stuff out of the truck and he packed it into or they packed it into the, the storage unit, a 10 by 20. And again, the um, the guy is definitely an engineer <laughs> because, I mean, every nook and cranny has something in it. I mean, it's, it's glorious. It really is. Um, and I highly recommend the Beaver State moving. And um, yeah, so if you're going to move locally around here, I don't know, maybe even move you across country. I don't know, but give him a call anyway. Really good guys, really friendly very respectful. They re took really good care of our furniture and stuff. I mean, wrapped stuff in cellophane and the whole nine yards and, and, uh, and treated our stuff like it was their stuff. Okay. Um, this is weird. Hold on folks. I got to check something out. Okay. There we go. Um, for some reason it says show and broadcast and I'm showing it on broadcast and it's still saying it. So, um, melon has changed since I last used it. Okay. Used to be I could show, I could get onto the share thing, and I could show you pages that I was looking at in um, in Google because it, it uses Google as a the best platform for itself. And and uh, for some reason they changed it, so I can't show you the pages right now. That or I can, and I just don't know how to do it. So you're gonna have to look at my mug all night, or until we get done with the show, while I read some articles and stuff like that. So. Um, Anyway, uh, what is going on with this thing? It looks like the, uh, it says, it says it's transmitting. It doesn't, it's not giving me a time limit up on top. It just says live. Okay. Well, we'll have to see. I hope I'm not doing the show in vain. Anyway, um, weird, very weird, but it's copying it anyway. So. Uh, oh, I know a way to tell. Let me go to over to my channel on Twitch. Yep, it's showing. Okay. That makes me happy. All right. So, oh, and you know what happened? Since I started it here, I have to shut it off here. Oh, boy. Hold on, folks. It can only happen to me. Okay. There we go. I didn't want you to hear a repeat of what I said five seconds ago. I mean, listening to me once is enough chore, right? Um, just kidding. But uh, so anyway, let's see. So we packed the garage. Okay. And then he brought some of the stuff that we wanted to bring up to the house up here, which on this road is no simple task. We uh, getting up this road is very interesting. It's, uh, it's a two lane road and a very narrow one. And then it turns into a one lane road around a very sharp hairpin turn. So uh, when you're coming up, and I always beat my horn 
when I come up it and and uh, so that people coming down can know I'm coming up. And I think that's common courtesy. And I've done that before. I've done it for a number of years, actually. And uh, here we go. I'm backwards again. Okay. Um, so anyway, I uh, we move the stuff up here. And uh, so my wife and I went back the next day <laughs> and cleaned up. And we were there really late. Um, we had gotten permission to rent back from the new owners for about four days, which gave us a lot of time to clean up and, and get all our stuff out of there. And still, I left hoses and stuff in the yard. It was just, my truck isn't big enough to hold all that stuff. So anyway, so we got everything up here and uh, we stayed with our daughter and son-in-law in their house uh, for four or five days. In the meantime, we, uh, we had bought an RV, a travel trailer, a pull trailer. And, uh, for some reason in this typical model, uh, the, the make actually, they bought stoves and put them in here. Uh, later on, there's a recall on a stove. So we, it was either wait to get the trailer and it live in the house with our, our daughter and son-in-law and their five kids. Two of them are like four and five years old and, uh, very noisy and very active. <laughs> um, and beautiful children, don't get me wrong. They're incredibly beautiful, all five of them. And, um, or it was uh, to bring the, the trailer home without the stove and oven, which we can live without. And so we have it here. And we're just, we're temporarily putting up residence here while we work on a trail of uh, the garage next door to get it ready to turn it into a little apartment or whatever. But anyway, the, the internet's been really interesting up here because... Oh my goodness, what a what a bunch of dreck we went through. Um, so we had before we moved. I got something on something called Visible, which I do not recommend for anybody. Okay, um, I mean, unless you like dealing with talking to people through chats, there's no phone service whatsoever to talk to somebody. And every time you get somebody, you're repeating everything over and over. And it'll drop your chats. So you have to start. And when you start with start with a new person, and oh my goodness. And I think half of them are overseas. And don't get me wrong, everybody deserves to work and everything. But if you're going to tutor people in something that's English, you know, speak English for goodness sakes. So anyway, um, so we got rid of, I got rid of them. And then my wife couldn't because we lost her password. And couldn't get into her account so she had no phone for a number of days uh and that didn't really wash very well with me or her actually and so finally we went and got t-mobile because we were told by t-mobile that they have excellent coverage here and they have something called 5g home uh, which is basically a, a, a wi-fi modem that picks up wi-fi and uh and then gives it to you uh, at a fairly decent rate but not here um, it had, it had like five bars on it, you know, like most phones have, uh, let's see, we'll go with this finger. Cause you see that one first. Um, this was poor. This was okay. This was moderate. This was excellent. Well, guess which one we got poor and it didn't work. And our phones had no reception up here whatsoever. So T-Mobile flat out lied to me. Uh, actually, what I got to say is that the guys in the store said it was iffy that we would get reception on our phones up here. But I figured since the guy that was selling us the home uh, Wi-Fi 
was a credible person, again, a foreigner, um, I thought that maybe, maybe, just maybe, um, they knew what they were talking about, but they didn't. So uh, so we had to send that back to, you know, the, the Wi-Fi thing for the Internet, send that back and, you know, get credit for it. And we had to send back um, or go down to T-Mobile and get our numbers taken off. And I still have to call them to <clears throat> straighten the bill out. But anyway, so then we went back to Verizon, who we had originally before we went to Visible. And, uh, you know, Verizon's never cheap, no matter what way you look at it. So we ended up getting Verizon. We got it for our phones, and, and I got the little jet pack. And um, hopefully we won't be using that much longer, because when uh, uh, CenturyLink comes in here, it should be a lot better. Um, and it'll be a solid link, too. It won't be Wi-Fi. And we had them over in Crawfordsville to begin with. They started with 10 megs a second. And, uh, and it worked pretty good. So um, hopefully, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, we'll be able to have the show again on Monday, and everything will go right back to what it was, maybe even better. Okay? So what do I want to talk about tonight? Oh, boy. Boy, howdy. What do I want to talk about? Um <laughs> I could do a live show for the next 24 hours. There's so much stuff to talk about, maybe even 48. Um, but I won't do that to you, and I won't do it to me either. Um, but I was looking at uh, Natural News, and I picked two articles out of there that I, I found very interesting, and I think you will too. Um, we've heard for a long time now that um, – that the jab is the mark of the beast. And I've never believed that. And I still don't believe it. Okay. You can't get me to believe that. So, uh, but I do think it's a precursor because all the, the earmarks are there. You can't, some countries like Israel, you can't buy or sell. You can't go, you know, go to the store. You can't, uh, the kids can't go to school, you know, and stuff like that unless they're jabbed. And, um, so it is a precursor. I will give it that, a foreshadowing or whatever you want to call it. Um, but I don't think it's the mark of the beast. But I do think it's a, kind of a test run to see who will fall for it, you know. And so many Christians have been running around out there saying, oh, this is the mark of the beast. This is the mark of the beast. No, it's not. And it's making you look like a fool. And it's making people that are out in the world who don't know what the mark of the beast is think that you're a fool. And when the real mark of the beast comes, you're going to be going, it's the mark of the beast. And you're going to say, yeah, yeah, you said that about five or six times. So get away from me. I don't want to hear it. Okay. Don't get the chicken little aspect or, the, you know, the sky is falling. The sky is falling. Um, that's not right. So don't do it. I think it's, I think it's sinful actually to, it's kind of a false prophecy. Okay. Read and, and research and, and compare it to what the scripture says about the mark of the beast. And you'll see there's no comparison or very little, just the, just some of the earmarks of the result of not complying. Um, however, oh, let's, let's go back in history a little bit. Oh, let's see. Um, we've, you know, the scripture says that uh, the number is 666 and it's the number of a man, the number of his name and stuff like that. And I've been around for years, people that are, you know, oh, well, in English, you know, Henry Kissinger equals 660. Yeah, it's in English. It does. Okay. Computer equals 666. Um, there are many words that equal 666. Okay. 
But I think the key here is this is going to happen after the time of the Gentiles, okay, or when that time is coming to a close. So my thought and my my belief is, and I think I'm right, that we got to look up what's 666 in Hebrew, okay? Hebrew is probably going to be what everybody's going to be talking their millennium. Uh, either that or we'll just all understand each other through, you know, some mind power that the Lord gives us to be able to do that. But, um, and it definitely in probably in heaven in the new Jerusalem, it'll probably be Hebrew. But um, anyway, so I've really grown tired and weary of Christians running around claiming that everything's the mark of the beast, that there's a demon under every rock and that the devil made me do it. Yes. The devil is influential on a lot of things we do. He whispers in our ear. And a lot of times people listen. And his minions whisper in our ear too. You know, he's not on the present, so he's not all around the world at the same time whispering in everybody's ear. But his his ministers are, and uh, that's found in Ephesians six. Uh, also, it's um, I can't remember where the address is, but it talks about Satan being an angel of light, and that his emissaries are too, and that they manifest that way, and it manifests basically as ministers of righteousness. Um, where they're really devils or wolves in sheep's clothing, but um, oh, sorry, a little out of breath here. Um, so yeah, the mark of the beast. I sorry, I'm not buying it. I've been duped too many times, and I'm not going that, down that road again. But um, I was looking at uh, you know, it's really freaky, folks. I used to be able to look up here right up here and it used to tell me how long i've been ongoing and now it says live zero zero point zero zero and uh anyway it's just kind of just kind of blowing my mind so i can't tell how long i've been talking okay so i'm trusting you guys to you know maybe one of you will get on the uh the chat or something and let me know that i've been talking for two hours when that time comes if it ever comes i might stop this early because I've basically got just two articles to go through and a little discussion on each one. And, um, and we'll go from there. So one of the articles that I found interesting, and I'm sorry I can't show this on the screen, um, Natural News, uh, Mark of the Beast is here. Okay, here we go again. Um, subcutaneous quantum dot vaccine passports from Bill Gates are ready to be injected into human subjects. Okay. And it's got a picture of Lizard Man himself. I, I'm convinced that guy's a Lizard Man. Um, anyway, I don't want to sound too much like Alex Jones, but okay. So this was um, this was put on on the line at uh, on Thursday, December second, twenty twenty one, and the author is Ethan Huff. Thank you, Ethan. You're an awesome author, and I just love reading your stuff and, and reading it to the people here. Um, so it's got a picture of Bill Gates. Uh, with his kind of like doing uh, doing this. And it kind of reminds me of a cobra, of a snake, you know, getting ready to strike. And um, and so, again, he's doing reptilian things. Um, so let me read this article, and then we can suggest it a little more, or suggest it, talk about it a little more. Okay. Natural news, just when the, as the Wuhan coronavirus, COVID-19, was being unveiled, uh, 
to the world back in 2019, a team of researchers at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology, MIT, conveniently rolled out a new injectable marking method to label, identify, and track people based on their vaccination status. Yes, okay. Funded in a large part by billionaire eugenicists Bill and Melinda Gates, the transdermal patch technology contains special quantum dots that are inserted subcutaneously into the body through visible, though invisible to the naked eye. These patches are easily scanned with special equipment. Okay, here we go. Uh, think of it like an invisible tattoo that a person might inject into, say, the right hand or forehead. When going to pay for groceries, for instance, these tattoos can be scanned and verified as part of the vaccine passport system that are ne- is now being rolled out around the world. When the quantum dots are illuminated with UV light, an electron in a quantum dot can be excited to the state of higher energy reported Free West Media. That's interesting. Free West Media. Um, in vitro studies based on cell cultures on quantum dots suggest that their toxicity may derive from uh, multiple factors, including their physiochemical characteristics. Um, subtitle, soon the fully vaccinated will need to get injected with the Mark of the Beast chip in order to participate in society. And let's read what's under there. Because this is new to me as well as you. Okay, I didn't read this earlier. According to Kevin McHugh, a member of the research team that developed the technology, these patented transdermal patches are a way to easily label people while also storing their medical and other information on hidden microchips within their skin. The technology can also be used to rapidly inspect a person's vaccination history, having been specifically designed for use in regions where vaccination cards are easily lost and the equipment needed to authorize to read the information encapsulated in the arm is not expensive. Free West Media further explained. Okay. The latest smartphone, the latest smartphones reportedly come with the built-in infrared cameras that are needed to capture the presence of invisible uh, quantum dot tattoos, meaning the pandemic purveyors planned all this well in advance. Because many people do not make sure, because many people do not make sure to get a booster vaccination in time, 1.5 million people could die in these regions every year, alleges McHugh, using scare tactics to try to justify the technology. McHugh says that he and his colleagues have long wanted to create a self-replacement for paper vaccination records. Their goal was to create a microchip of sorts to um, of sorts capable of storing one's medical records inside their bodies for easy scanning. In many third world countries, getting vaccinated regularly is a real challenge, um, insists Anna Janklinik, another MIT researcher who supports the technology. Because there is a lack of data on when children were vaccinated against which disease. Um, thus far, the technology has only been tested on animals, specifically rats vaccinated against polio. These same rats were given a color coded to identify that they had that they had received the injection okay pardon me it's getting kind of far down on the um screen there we go once these invisible quantum dot tattoos get approved for human use you can be sure that they will be mandated right alongside the visible injection 
the, excuse me, the vaccine injections in order to achieve fully vaccinated status. Only those people who take the injections and injectable microchips will be awarded, rewarded with valid vaccine passport certificates, allowing them to buy, sell, and participate in society. That's biblical, huh? As many have predicted, all this is part of the mark of the beast. Um, state, starting with uh, the injections, it is a process that is building over time, and eventually every last person will be required to take it, all of it, in order to live. The latest news about Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccines and the mark of the beast can be found at prophecy.news. Um, that's it. So, very interesting, isn't it? Um, so, what do you, they're saying, well, you know what they're saying. You heard me read it, but to to encapsulate it maybe or to summarize, um, this has been a long time coming. Uh, this has been thought out and planned out. Uh and I still don't think it is the actual mark of the beast. Okay. I think it's farther along on the experimental scale, on the foreshadowing scale, getting things ready, getting people used to things like this. Who knows? Maybe after five or six of these different little dots are placed in you, people go, oh, well, it's only another dot. Who cares? You know, hit me with a dot. Uh, we used to say that when we were druggies, hit me with the purple micro dot. Um, anyway. Uh, so where do we go from here? Uh, I think, I really do think that the real mark of the beast isn't just going to be uh, a mandate. It's got to be a willing thing. Okay. It's nobody's going to be forced to take the mark of the beast. You could say they could be compelled because they won't be able to eat or drink or, or, or do other things, you know, during that period, but, or shop or buy or sell. Okay, but again, it's going to be a choice. It's not going to be a mandate. It's going to be a choice. Um, where does it say that in scripture? Well, it just seems to suggest it. Okay, it's um, and I think it's going to come with a bigger promise. It's not going to be to protect you against COVID because everybody knows that's BS, right? Everybody knows that that's a lie, and. Well, anybody with a brain or two brain cells in their head or more, you know, know it's a lie. And um, we've all kind of put it together, you know. For a while, there was like this, you know, and then all of a sudden it started getting closer. And then, it, you know, and then it kind of interlocked and we kind of got it. You know, we figured it out. Some of us figured it out sooner than others. Some are still in the process of figuring it out. And if you're listening to the show and you figure it out, hallelujah. Um you know what? I gotta stop doing that because I think that's a, a, a new age or a Freemason or Illuminati symbol. So, uh, my stepfather used to say it meant Thursday in Poland, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> so, anyway, I'm part Polish, so I can make that joke. Okay, don't be calling me a racist because eight Polish is not a race; it's a it's a nationality identity. Okay. Um just as Hispanic is and Latino and everything else. And, um, and even if you look at the black races, um, some people from Africa are darker than others. Uh, you have the people up in Morocco who are basically look like Mediterraneans. They don't really look black. Some of them do, but the, the leadership looks like Mediterranean kind of people. Um, so there's all flavors of every color everywhere. Okay. <laughs> And we're all equal. We were all created by God. We're all under the curse of sin and death. 
until we come to know Yeshua. And then we're freed from that. But I'm, I'm getting off this track here. Um, so I think that the, the real market of bees is going to come with a promise that you'll live forever or you'll live a very long time or have a very long extended life. And I think it's gonna, the promise is also going to be that you're impervious, okay, to pain, to death, and to injury, okay? Um, we're told in Scripture that we'll walk on serpents and scorpions, we'll not be hurt, you know, and there's all kinds of scriptures that, that tell the Christian or the or the Jew or the believer, you know, don't worry, everything's fine, I've got it in my hands, and you can go into this arena and do this because, you know, I'll protect you. Well, same thing with the enemy, you know, he's, it's all same, but opposite, just like Jim Wilhelmson said, same, but opposite. And, um, if you look in, I don't know if it's revelation or if it's Joel, um, but it talks about a group of people that uh, will be struck with the sword and it will not hurt them. Okay. And please, Joel's army is not Christianity. It's a demonic horde. Um, agreed that some Christianity could be identified with a demonic horde, but then those are Christians. I think they're Christians and they're really not. Okay. Um, anyway, getting back to it, um, we're told in Revelation that the people of the earth are going to hide in the rocks and the crevices, and they're going to pray that the rocks would fall on them. And this will not happen and they will not be hurt. They'll be, it says that they'll pray to be killed and it will not happen to them. Okay, so there's going to be something with the mark of the beast, the real one, that's going to promise either immortality, like Satan said to Eve, you shall not die. Okay, and it's going to probably be a, a brain stimulator because uh, Lucifer promised to um, the Kava or to Eve that um, her eyes would be open, that she, basically she would get gnosis intelligence, um, learning, uh, under easy, easy understanding, you know, stuff like that. So that having been said, <clears throat> it's, I think it's going to be a lot more. It's not going to be a mandate. It's going to be okay. All these other things are mandates. This, you can do it or not do it. If you do it and hallelujah, no, that's a bad phrase. Don't say hallelujah. Um, then goodness gracious, you'll, or badness gracious, whatever. Uh, you will, you know, you'll have a long life. You'll be able to not get sick. And that's where a vaccine could come in, but um, not die, like I said, um, or live a very, very, very long life, the promise will be. And you'll be like God. Okay. That's another thing Satan aspired to and is going to promise everybody. You take my mark, you'll be like the most high. Okay. What's this world going to be like when you have four or five billion narcissists running around all thinking that they're like the most high? <laughs> we, uh, I often said about reincarnation, which I do not believe in. It's, it's a demonic um, doctrine. But um, that if you took everybody that was Cleopatra in their past life and put them all in one room, that there would be one heck of a fight that went on there as they all tried to prove that they were Cleopatra and all the other ones are fake. <laughs> So I think that'd be a lot of fun to do actually, but I live in a, I live in a world of imagination where, you know, I, I think about things a lot and something that doesn't happen in this world a lot anymore. But um, anyway, so yeah, I think it's, uh, 
well, this is not mark the mark of the beast. It's another step. The first step was um, getting the vaccination. Okay. You get the vaccination, you won't catch COVID. That was a lie. <laughs> okay. A blatant lie. But people believe it. And the same people are believing it will believe in the next lie. Or a lot of them will anyway. Some people will wake up. Not everybody. Um, okay. So you, you, you won't get sick anymore. You won't. Uh, and it's the problems with COVID, right? <laughs> it was like, take this shot and you won't catch COVID. Then it was, take this shot and you have a less chance of catching COVID. Then it was, take this shot and if you catch COVID, you won't catch it as bad as anybody else, which is proving out to be a lie because a lot of the people that got it are dropping dead. Okay. Um, unfortunately, yes, I have some relatives that took it and I just pray every day, you know, Lord, don't let it be them. Let them somehow supernaturally through your will and through your Holy Spirit and your grace be able to just overcome the mistake that they've made. Okay. Now, if they go to get the booster, then they've made the mistake twice or three times. So it's, I don't know. I don't know how you pray for somebody like that, especially when the third one's supposed to be the one that kills you. So um, anyway, I think we've pretty well exhausted this uh, talking about it. But um, let's just take a wait-see attitude. Just don't go running around and say, it's the mark of the beast. It's the mark of the beast. I have fallen flat on my face so many times, folks, from doing stuff like that. I don't do it anymore. <laughs> um, <laughs> I get a kick out of, um, I was a, a charismatic for a while. And uh, uh, I started out as a, I called myself, and I still do a, a Baptocostal. I love the Baptist church because it's firm and its foundation and, and its belief in the word and its steadfastness to the word of God. And to the doctrines of the Bible, most of them anyway. Um, and I like the Pentecostals because they experience the freedom of the Spirit. Um, they're not all bound up like like the the Pente like the uh, the Baptists are. You know, they're willing to take and see that the Lord is good. You know, and uh, to experience the the whole meal that the Lord offers, so to speak, not just to eat the salad because the salad's good for you, but to enjoy the steak and the potatoes and everything else that the Lord set in front of us. Okay. Um, so, but um, I was a, I did call myself a charismatic for a very short period of time until I read, read and researched and realized through revelation that um, it's not the way to go. Okay. It's, it's a little, it's, charismatics make Pentecostals look sane. Okay. I'm not saying that Pentecostals are insane, but to the normal person in the world that, you know, um, sees Pentecostals, they think they're a little off. Okay. And some people think they're a lot off. Uh, my grandfather told me a story when he was a young boy, and that would have been probably like in a, like 1915, 1916, he would go down to the, the railroad tracks that separated East Rutherford from Rutherford in New Jersey. And across the street in Rutherford, there was a church that had Pentecostal people in it. And because there was railroad tracks there, there was big chunks of gravel, like there are at all railroad tracks. And they would throw the chunks of gravel onto the roof of the church and the cares, or excuse me, the Pentecostals would hear it and they'd be start shaking and woo, you know, and everything else. Um, so, you know, there's every doctrine has people that take it a little too far and people that don't take it far enough. I like being right in the middle. 
in that aspect, okay? I don't consider that lukewarm. I think I consider that um, safe, okay? Because <laughs> you're not crazy fanatic and you're not, I'm not crazy fanatic and I'm not um, dried up and dead, okay? So, um, okay, so, all right, let's, let's leave this subject and, and go to the next one. And there's another article. Now, if you've listened to this show at all, let me go back to looking at my mug. Um, if you listened to the show at all um, in the 10 years that or shoot, it's been 11 years now this month um, that we've been on the air and talking about things. I have presented numerous times on different dates the fact that science science is a religion, first of all, but second of all, that it's a business. Okay, and that's what we're going to look at tonight. And this is what this article deals with. But it's a business. Okay. And I've said numerous times that scientists don't get a paycheck like you and I get. Okay. Um, I was a pipe fitter by trade. I went out and I fit pipe. I cut pipe. I used a torch. I used a lot of stuff and I earned, earned a living. Okay. <clears throat> that way with physical labor. All right. Uh, you can earn a living with brain labor. You can work with heart labor. Okay. <clears throat> but in science, I guess it's more brain work, but um, science and research and stuff like that, uh, they don't receive money like a local contractor does. A local contractor will receive it from a general contractor who receives the money either from the bank or or receives the money uh, to build from any numerous sources, you know, Bechtel Corporation or uh, you name it, any of the large ones. And they get their money from God knows where. Um, and really, God is the only one that knows where except for them. Um, so in the science realm, they deal with grants and endowments, okay? Grants and endowments come <clears throat> from private people and from the government. Well, let's just say <clears throat> I hit the lotto tomorrow and I won $800 million, right? And I wanted to find out why, why cow manure smells the way it does, okay? Well, I know it's cow manure and I know it's methane coming up, but I want the deep facts about this, okay? So I take some of my money and I get a researcher that's kind of skilled in that area, you know, a scatological researcher. <laughs> Boy, that can go many ways, can it? Um, that somebody that's skilled in looking at poop and, and knowing what makes it tick, so to speak, makes it stink or whatever. Um, uh, trust me, it's really hard to bring this up and try to put it in vernacular that doesn't sound, you know, crass, but, um, so I want to find it out. So I hire a researcher and I say, okay, I've got $2 million set aside. I've got tons of equipment over here. I want you to let me know on a molecular level why be um, bull, bull bullshit stinks. Okay. And get to cracking. And if you find out why and, and give me the results and I, and I agree with the results and they, and they're scientifically sound and everything, then I'm going to want you to investigate this and I'll give you another two million. So this is what science is like. Okay. 
So you got private people that want results and you got the government that wants results. Now, if the government wants results, the government is a lot more difficult to deal with. I sure they give you the money out a lot easier, but you got to give them results that they like. Okay. And results that they can use to manipulate the public. Um, good examples are global warming. <clears throat> okay. Um, global cooling back in the seventies, the great egg scare with the cholesterol. Okay. That was to break the poultry market. Okay. Um, the tuna mercury scare yeah, that came right around the time of the poultry scare. It's kind of like a double barrel shotgun going off at the same time, um, you know, to ruin the fishing industry and, uh, and to bring these things down, you know, because the fishing industry used to thrive a lot in this country. But when the Japanese started fishing off our shores, and the Japanese were very influential in the business world, and they were sending a lot of money over here, all of a sudden, the American fisherman was suspected of catching salmon and other things that had a lot of mercury in it. Tuna was the big one. Um, and with the global warming, you know, it's like, okay, well, the world wants to destroy the United States. And it's going to say that the United States puts out more, more pollutants than everywhere else. So we got to, we got to kill America, kill American industry, basically. But we won't touch the Chinese whose cities are so filled with smog that people are passing out and dying from, from, cancer and stuff like that um, and we won't touch the uh the nation of india because they're a poor nation and we just have to cut them some slack you know um so it's go after the rich guy destroy the rich guy so that the poor guy can get the jobs and the money that the rich guy was getting and everything equals out and that's called communism boys and girls um anyway um where we go with this okay so we're talking about scientists, okay? So they get their money from endowments and, and grants, uh, which is okay, you know, but things are expected. You scratch my back, I'll scratch your kind of thing. But then it gets into something more devious, okay? You've all heard the story about the guys that, the guy that creates an engine that gets 500 miles a gallon. Then all of a sudden, that guy ends up dead and the plans disappear, okay? And uh, you name it. The guy that invents a car that runs on water, you know, and he's criticized at first. It's a stupid idea. Then all of a sudden the plans are gone and the guy's gone. That's why a lot of people don't invent things these days because they want to live. Okay. Um, so we're going to the scientists here. I got to stretch my leg out, folks. I, I tweaked my knee really bad with all this moving stuff and everything. That's just starting to get better. And, uh, Anyway, um, so you got scientists, and don't get me wrong, there are good scientists, there are honest scientists, okay? And we're seeing them nowadays because they're coming out against the COVID garbage. Uh, they're coming out and exposing that the death count from COVID um, is really higher than is being what is being reported. The guy that invented the technology for, for the COVID-19 vaccine, the mRNA um uh, technology has come out and said it's dangerous. You know, all these people are hushed up. You know, shh, shh, shh. No, you don't say that. You don't say that because we're trying to destroy four or 5 billion people so we can bring the earth back into harmony with, or man back into harmony with nature. And if they keep talking, they have their license yanked, their medical license yanked. If they have that, 
uh, any research um, papers that they wrote disappear. Um, and if they have a PhD, the college yanks the PhD. It's the only degree that you can get, folks, that the college owns, and it can yank it from you. Um, what else? Um, he could be going down a hill one day and find out that his brakes or lines have been cut. You know, that's happened before. Um, so a lot of these guys are afraid to get out and to say what the truth is because they're going to either lose their job, their livelihood. And believe me, these guys make a lot of money, folks. They really do. They, they earn a really good living. They live in nice big houses and nice neighborhoods, drive nice cars. And uh, they're not all pencil neck geeks. Okay. And a lot of them go to gyms. A lot of them are out running uh, to keep themselves healthy. Something I wish I would have started years ago. But, hey, it is what it is. Um, and so with those things in mind, losing your income is basically becoming poor overnight. Okay? Because a lot of people are like me and you. Well, you may not be counted in this, but, you know... <laughs> Money seems to find a way to kind of leak away. You know, I've got like an electrical short in my bank account or something. It's, um, and you know, we're, we're not spendthrifts, but we are not, you know, we're, we go out and buy stuff that we need. Okay. Um, anyway, um, where's I going to go with this? All right. So anyway, we know that where their money's coming from. So it's coming from rich people. It's coming from, foundations like the Rockefeller Foundation, the uh, Bill Gates and Melinda Foundation, the Bill Clinton Foundation, um, all these big foundations that have all this money and want to destroy the United States, okay? Among other things, they want to make money too, but <laughs> they're making American money, which is going to be worthless, which is, I don't know, unless you're putting it in something else, it's a stupid thing to do. But, you know, they're, they're rich for a reason because they're good with money. We're very lucky in business. Um, so, um, so this guy, let's just say these five or six researchers, well, let's just say they work for, this is hypothetical, okay? But let's just say they work for uh, Pfizer and they realize, hey, this isn't right. What we're doing isn't right. We have to expose what's going on, but I don't want to expose them because man, my wife loves my income. She loves that she can go to the spa two days a week that, you know, and I'm afraid if I lose my job, I'll lose my wife and kids or we'll, you know, we'll be together, but we'll lose our house and houses and we'll live in abject poverty. We'll have be driving a secondhand car, which I don't like because I like new cars, you know, so they're really torn between whether to tell the truth or to, and, you know, to me and you, it seems like, and, and I feel that we're right about this, but it seems like ethics are more important than anything else. But to some people, ethics are second, second rate to making money and having a good life. Okay. Um, I know that to a lot of us, that sounds like a foreign idea, but to a lot of the world, it's a, it's a normal idea and it is a worldly um, secular concept. Okay, and uh, you can't fault secular people for acting sec like a secular people. You know, you can't fault sinners for be from sinning. Okay, because that's what they do. That's what they do best. That's what they're called sinners. Okay, 
Um, I used to get so ticked at Christians that used to go after non-Christians that were sinning. Oh, you're a sinner. You do it. And the guy's going, yeah, big deal. I'm a sinner, you know. Well, at the same time, the church is falling apart because so-and-so is sleeping with somebody else. The pastor is pulling money from the, pit, the, the plate every week. You know, the whole nine yards. Clean up your own house, Christians, before you get out there and try to clean up the world. You never will clean up the world. That's what Jesus died to do. Let him do that, okay? You live your life like good Christians, like good believers, like we all should do. And then when they see that, they're going to go, hey, that person's ethical. That person says what they do, what they say. They don't practice. They practice what they preach and they don't browbeat. I want to be like that. That's how you win converts. <clears throat> it says in the scripture that um, somewhere where uh, the martyrs in heaven, that's where it was, that um, they're. Their blood and their uh, their testimony was um, what was valuable. Uh, a lot of people don't like seeing blood spilled. And when they see blood spilled, they wonder why. And they start asking questions. And when they see a righteous man that's never done wrong to anybody, put to death, that convinces the world that things are not right. Or people in the world, that some people in the world, things that aren't, that things aren't right and things need to change. And that's how revival happens. Um, Martin Luther is a good example, though I don't like using him because he was an avid, rabid Jew hater. Um, she read some of his stuff. I, he did so many, so much good to the Reformation, but it was all lost as far as I'm concerned. There used to be a saying out there that you could do a hundred attaboys, that one oh crap would just erase them all. Well, that was Martin Luther's one oh crap in my book, anyway. <clears throat> Um, so I want to read this article and it's from natural news. Again, it's called, um, obey the Fauci. <laughs> oh, you must obey the Fauci. Um, cardiology researchers are burying their own research showing spike protein MRNA damage due to fear of losing grant money controlled by Fauci. Bam. What I've been saying for years, all of a sudden is in an article on the internet. And I am so happy about this. Okay. Because it means that I see it. They see it too. They see what I've seen. Although I've been involved, you know, in the medical field for a long time. And I've seen a lot of things um, that are comparable to this. And uh, so this doesn't surprise me as much as it surprises a lot of people. But uh, we're talking about sinners again who are very adept in sinning. Okay. Um, this was published Thursday, December 2nd, 2021 by Ethan Huff. There's another one from Ethan Huff. Man, I like this guy. I'd love to get on their editorial staff. Uh, look, let's look at their tags. We didn't do that with the last one, okay? Let's see. Uh, Asim Malhorta, which is one tag. Bad health, bad medicine, bad science, berries, as in getting buried. Um Cardiology, conspiracy, cover-up, COVID, Fauci, fear. Fauci and fear, that's interesting. I wonder if they're, no, they're not anagrams. Anyway, uh, funding, heart attacks, heart health, money, mRNA, NIH, oppression, pandemic, research, rigged, scientific, spike, oh, spike proteins, 
um, suppress science and vaccination and vaccines. Man, that's a lot of tags. But you know what? A lot of search engines will pick this stuff up because of that. Oh, oh I should say the good search engines because Google and stuff are so corrupt anymore that they, they go out of their way not to find these things. But it's going to be their detriment in the long run. Okay, so let's read this article. Natural News. There is a massive cover-up taking place with regard to the substantial spike in heart disease that is now occurring ever since Wuhan coronavirus COVID-19 vaccines were introduced under Operation Warp Speed. Dr. Asim, or Asim, or Asim I can't pronounce that right, I'm sure, uh, Malhotra appeared on uh, GB News, United Kingdom, to discuss the findings of a new abstract published in a journal circulation, uh, which basically found that the cardiovascular events are skyrocketing now that hundreds of millions of people have gotten injected. And there's a video, and believe me, if we could look at this tag, I would play the video for you, but um, we can't, so I won't. Uh, maybe I will. Uh, no, I don't think you can hear it either, so... I have to find out from Mellon what they've done. Anyway, get back to the article. What used to be an 11% risk of heart attack over five years among those with some form of underlying heart disease has soared to 25%. You've probably heard that in the news today. Um, the inflammatory markers associated with heart disease progression are basically now off the charts, and the only thing that has noticeably changed was the introduction of jabs, Okay, COVID-19 vaccine injections you don't know what jabs are you've been living under a rock for the last three months and or two years <laughs> um, since one study is typically not enough to prove something like this dr malhotra only referenced additional resources at prestigious british excuse me prestigious i'm talking british here prestigious british research <clears throat> institution that he says a whistleblower told him is being suppressed due to fear that the pharmaceutical industry <clears throat> will stop supplying grant money. <clears throat> there it is, folks, in black and white, or in voice. But you can read the article, too, if you go to um, naturalnews.com. Excuse me. <sighs> okay. So, okay. Uh, researchers in the department of that facility that deals with this kind of thing identified a direct link between inflammation around the coronary arteries and the injections they are calling COVID vaccines. Let me explain something to you folks. You may not know this. Um, cholesterol has been getting a bad rap all these years. Um, and a lot of people have been put on anti-cholesterol medications. And, you know, in some ways, cholesterol is a problem, okay? But just because it's a problem with a certain percent of the population doesn't mean that everybody that has high cholesterol needs to take a statin drug or, or something else like that, okay? Um my dad um, had high cholesterol and when he died and they did an autopsy on him because I asked him to, um, his arteries were basically clean. Now, what did he do? He drank a lot of olive oil. Okay. That might have, may or may not have made a difference. I think it did. I think all of, olive oil is a mystery, um, a mystery cure that uh, is greatly underappreciated. But um, anyway, so They've blamed cholesterol all these years for causing plaque in the arteries. And, and you know, plaque, according to them, the plaque builds up until, it, until the um, uh, 
till the artery is almost blocked off and then an embolism comes and blocks it off the rest of the way and you have a heart attack. Um, so, but what they found out, let's see, this is probably around uh, in the mid to 2010s, I'd say around 2012, maybe a little before that. It was probably knowledge before that, but it really started gaining steam around 2010, 2012, um, is that um, it's an inflammation. It's caused by inflammation. Um, clogged arteries are. And I saw the neatest um, illustration. It was kind of like a cartoon, but it got the point across. Um, and it showed a vein. And your veins have various layers of muscle. Okay. And it showed that in, in one of those layers of muscle, there was a little bit of inflammation or infection. I don't know. And, and it kept getting bigger and bigger. So when it got bigger, it kind of pushed the inside of the vein up a little bit or down, depending on where the veins, the inflammation was, you know, centered. Um, and when it did this, then the cholesterol and some of the blood cells and stuff like that started to accumulate on the upflow part of that protrusion, which would naturally happen, right? You think about Think of a garden hose that, you know, gets a bubble inside. You're going to have a lot of cavitation afterwards after the blood leaves that part of the, the vein or the artery, excuse me. And um, and that's going to cause problems right there, too, because cavitation is not good inside of arteries like it's no good inside of pipes. If you've ever lived in a house that has a bathroom with noisy pipes, that's because of cavitation. Um, but having that in the vein... Um, causes stuff to build up. If you live anywhere where there's mountains, like we live here in Oregon, and it always rains more on the western side of the Cascades than it's a desert on the eastern side, that's because the western side catches all the clouds, all the all the precipitation falls on the, the western side. And when the clouds go over the eastern side, they're basically, there's no moisture left in them. And it's the same way with the veins. You know, or the arteries, the uh, the blood that's going past there, it collects and the cholesterol collects and pretty soon it starts building up. So it's it's called inflammation, not necessarily uh, cholesterol alone. OK, yes, cholesterol is a problem in some people. And I'd be a fool to say, don't take your cholesterol medication because I don't know your history. OK, but I know when the doctors offered it to me, I'm like, <laughs> doc, my liver is not the best in the world. And I don't want to destroy it any further. So I'm not taking the statin. So get off my back. I actually, I've got a really good doctor. He doesn't push meds on me. I like that. Oh, and I got good news, by the way. <laughs> you guys can celebrate with me. Uh, when I retired, I retired before I could get on Medicare, of course. I retired at 62 and a half. And uh, you can't get Medicare until you're 65. So I had to go for like two or three months on COBRA which was almost $900 a month. There's got to be a better way to do things than COBRA, folks. If you know of it, tell your legislator or whatever. Uh, start pushing for that way to get rid of COBRA and get something more more sensible. And anyway, so three months of that. And then um, I went to that government health care thing online. And um, I got insurance for my wife and I for $370 for both of us. Now, don't get me wrong. It was crappy insurance. I mean, the, the co-pays are ridiculous. We got it just in case there was an emergency, which reminds me I have to pay that tomorrow. But um, so we got that. And now that she's got Medicare, 
starting this month. I'm the only one that's on there. And that goes down again. And then um, I applied for January. And it just so happens that the hospital foundation that I was with the whole time I was working is um, is now on the, the health care thing that the government has. So I got a really good plan for really cheap. <laughs> and that doesn't happen to me a lot, folks. I never get things for cheap. It doesn't seem that way anyway. So when something, I get something for something good for not a lot of money. First thing I do is I look at it and I go, what's wrong with it? You know, why is this happening? You know, and then after I've investigated, if it's on the, on the level, I'm like, okay, well, praise the Lord. If not, I'm like, okay, I'm going to throw this out. Anyway, um, I don't know what the heck caused me to go into that, but, um, so yeah, I've been involved in the, in the healthcare field for, for quite a few years. And I know what happens and what doesn't happen and why things happen and they don't happen. And a lot of it has to do with intimidation, with fear and with, you know, if you say something, you're going to get fired. Okay. And they'll always say, well, you know, whistleblowers are protected. Well, bull hockey, that's not right. They're not. <laughs> you don't know how many times I've gone to supervisors and said stuff only to be told by the person that I was complaining about, about having a talk with the supervisor about it. There's no confidentiality whatsoever. Okay. And so think twice before you come a, become a whistleblower, because it'll probably going to come back that you did it and you'll have to face the consequences, which might be an okay thing, because if you're doing good for a lot of people, then, then that's a good thing. But, um, okay, let's see. Read that paragraph. Um, let's see. The researchers in the, let's see. Okay. Researchers in the department of that facility that deals with this kind of thing identified. Okay. I read this direct link between inflammation around the coronary arteries and injections that are called COVID vaccines. We know that COVID vaccines, I'm putting this in here, are, they cause inflammation. Everywhere they go, it's the spike proteins. And they go through your blood, too. And, you know, one of them causes inflammation in one of your heart vessels. Well, hopefully you'll get it taken care of before it kills you. Um, let's see. We know that since July, there's been almost 10,000 excess non-COVID deaths, Dr. Milhotra told the host. And most of those or significant proportion of these have been driven by circulatory disease, in other words, heart attack and stroke. There's been 30% increase in people dying at home, and oftentimes, and often these are because of cardiac arrest. Dr. Mahotra's own father um, in part, is part of the statistics as he died of cardiac arrest at his home on July 26th. Um, another subtitle, Plandemic Tyranny Needs to End, Otherwise Mass Genocide Will Continue Unabated. After contributing, after another, excuse me, another contributing factor of the sudden and dramatic rise in cardiac events are the lockdowns, which have been, have driven people to adopt very unhealthy lifestyles marked by sedentary behavior and junk food binge eating. Yeah, I know that's true. Guilty as charged. Um, people's diets grow worse in general during a, over a lockdown. Um, and there was a pandemic stress. Dr. Mahultra further explained chronic um, 
psychological stress is a significant risk factor. Since very few people are taking any any of this seriously, probably because of the political ramifications, Dr. Mahotra is calling for an investigation, particularly by the Joint Committee of Vaccines and Immunizations, JCVI. This is a British article, folks, or it has to deal with Britain because immunization is spelled with an S. Uh, pers- I personally think this needs investigating. <clears throat> so I think the Joint Committee of Vaccines and Immunization so abs- should absolutely investigate this, he said. I think the researchers need to take a look in the mirror and realize that they should publish this stuff because their primary, their duty primarily is to patients, not the interests of the drug industry, he further added. Policymakers also need to stop tyrannizing people with lockdowns, mask mandates, and other forms of medical fascism and terrorism. These cures for an alleged virus are worse than the supposed disease itself. And by the way, it's not a disease, it's an infection. Okay? If it's truly a virus, it's an infection. Um, It's high time the policymakers around the world put an end to the mandates, Dr. Mahotra says. History will not be on the side and will not be on their side and the public will not forgive them for it if they do not, wait a minute, on their side and the public will not forgive them for it if they do not, he added, according to um, commentator of Twitter, Professor Norma Fenton from the Queen Mary University of London actually had his work censored by the UK government and the Office of National Statistics, the ONS. His uh, paper querying uh, the statistics of UK government slash ONS were using, were using, was refused from being published. Um, the person wrote in a plea, please interview him. Something unethical is going on. We're being manipulated. Chinese Wuhan injections are killing thousands. To keep up with the latest, visit genocide.news. Okay, folks, so there you have it. Lots of stuff in that article, but the main thing is that scientists are afraid to speak up because they're going to lose their their grant money. And, you know, we could be quick to criticize them, and we could have some right to do that. But at the same time, you know, what do you do that if you were to buck the system, so to speak, you know, would you, would you lose your job? And would you possibly think about pretending you didn't hear something or, or, uh, you know, pretending you didn't see something or, uh, you know, something of that matter, you know, something of that like, because it's easy to, to judge people when you're standing on one side of the line, but when you're on that side of the line, it's not so, not so easy. Um, I think I've told you this, but I, I worked in pharmacy as a pharmacy tech for 25 years. Then I worked as a nurse for another few years. And, and, uh, they realized I was good at passing meds because I worked in pharmacy. I knew the drugs. I knew what they were all about, what, what they do, what they don't do and and everything else. And they knew that if, you know, I could catch things if something was wrong. And I did, I caught a lot of things, but one of the things that bothered me toward the end was that I was giving medications to people and, I wasn't too sure if the medications were going to work and I didn't like polypharmacy. Now polypharmacy is, you know, you give one drug for one thing and then that drug 
causes another thing to happen. So you got to give a drug for that. And then that causes another thing to happen. You know, uh, for instance, um, uh, antidepressants, some tricyclics cause dry mouth. So what do you do? You give some the person something uh, to gargle with that wets their mouth. Um, on another front with uh, heart disease, if a person's got edema, you give them furosemide. Okay, that's what most doctors give. But if a person's on furosemide, it causes them to lose potassium. Well, if you lose enough potassium, it affects your heart. So you got to keep taking potassium pills so your heart doesn't get affected. You know, it's just, it's a vicious circle. And I realized that, you know, I was contributing to this vicious circle by, by giving these things out. And I really started to get convicted uh, the last year or so that I was doing it. You know, it was, it was the people would come to the window and I'd give them the medication and I'm like, man, do they really need that? You know, is it, you know, is it, I don't know. It's really hard to explain. I just, I felt really convicted that I wasn't helping them. I was maybe harming them more, you know? And um, no, it's probably not the case, but I, it did cross my mind a few times. And, um, and so I had to go with my convictions and, so when the whole COVID-19 thing came along and they wanted to give me a shot um, and I said no and I decided to retire. I was actually killing two birds with one stone because I didn't have to give drugs out to people anymore. And uh, that conviction went away. Although, you know, I still think about the people that I administer drugs to, you know, how are they? Are they doing okay? I, don't get me wrong. I saw a lot of good come out of it too, but, um, you know, I just... Knowing what, knowing that I'm on medications, not nothing psychiatric, but you know, for my heart and stuff like that, you know, you start wishing after a while, geez, I shouldn't have to be on this med. You know, you kind of feel like you're a slave to the medication. And I know there's a whole bunch of homeopathic stuff out there, and I'm going to get letters from people, you know, oh, you should try this, you should try that, try the natural way. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But you know, when you've been on a drug for 20 years and it's been helping you, you know, you just don't walk away from it as, as far as I'm concerned anyway. Um, so I understand well, how hard it is to walk away, but I understand how easy it is to walk away too. Um, toward the end, I really started to, uh, to complain about things that were going on at the hospital because really I didn't care. I knew I was going to retire and, or actually at the beginning, I thought I was going to get fired and because I hadn't reached my, my, uh, my goal, you know, my, um, I can't think of it. You know, you have to work so many years. I wasn't vested yet. And, um, and I could have gotten fired real easy. And I'm like, you know, it came to the point where it's like, I don't care if I get fired, I get fired. I just got to speak up about this issue or about that issue. I really don't care anymore because nobody else was speaking up about it. And I caught a lot of flack for stuff like that. You know, I was sticking up for other patients that, or other, excuse me, other, um, other, my coworkers that were being harassed, you know, and I just did it because I felt I had to do it. And there was nothing is and or buts about it, you know? And then when retirement came up, it was like, Oh, good. You know, I fought the good fight. Maybe I can get out of here now. And I don't have to give out meds to people and I can, I don't have to fight the system anymore. So um, it was really a blessing. Retirement does have its blessings, okay? <laughs> but um, anyway, uh, so I'm trying to think if there's anything else 
want to talk about it. Yeah, I told you we were living in a trailer. Oh, you should see the deer out here. There's deer all over the place. Um, and they're, I think they're Colombian black-tailed deer. Um, prettiest deer I've seen in a long time. Down in California and parts of Oregon, they have uh, mule deer. They're ugly deer. Sorry, they are. But um, these deer around here, you know, they're, they're real friendly. You can walk down the driveway. They don't run away. Uh, they're probably really used to people. I have to admit that we're in Bigfoot country, a lot more in Bigfoot country than we were earlier. And I've got this big, big stick, like a limb from a tree that I go out and knock on a tree every once in a while with it. And I don't expect to get any answers. And, uh, but, um, so I, you know, maybe I'm a sugar enough for doing that, but it's fun. What the heck, you know? Um, but anyway, yeah. Um, so, uh, Monday, the show should start again, Oops. and um, it'll be it'll be good to be on the air again. I've really missed this. I've really missed you guys, the audience, and and um, I just uh, I want to get back in the groove again, if you know what I mean. And uh, right now we're we're doing we're live on um, Twitch again, which is good. I've got the capability of going live on um, Twitter. But the content of this show, I think, would get me knocked off of Twitter pretty quick. So I, I'm toying whether to, to broadcast live on Twitter, too. So um, if I could be given some assurances that I wouldn't get bounced. Because if you get bounced, you're not doing any good. At least if you got an account, you can kind of um, go in there every once in a while and post something that they may not like. But it's not bad enough to get you kicked off. So, um, anyway, well, tomorrow's another day, folks. Tomorrow's Saturday. Um, if you're Jewish, I'm going to wish you Shabbat Shalom right now because it's, um, it's been dark for quite a while here on the West Coast. And uh, it is Sabbath. It's Shabbat. And uh, we got two more days of Hanukkah. We've been celebrating it here uh, quite, quite well. Um, you probably don't need it with this belly I've got, but uh, lots of eating, lots of good eating. Uh, we had potato pancakes the other day. It was out of this world. Um, genuine latkes. Oh, goodness gracious. So, anyway, um, I guess that's it, folks. Um, let me know if you have any comments about the things we talked about tonight. You can always write to, uh, uh, well, just get on um, Delusion Resistance and you'll find uh, the uh, the address to get a hold of us at. And, uh I got to go in and change the address on there too, but the email address is still be good. So, hey, be blessed. Have a great weekend. Okay, we'll be back on Monday, uh, either one or both of us. Hopefully, both of us. And um, just be blessed and have a wonderful weekend. Uh, may the Lord make His face to shine on you. Be gracious unto you. May He watch your going out and your coming in, your rising up and your lying down. May He bring you peace in Yeshua's holy name. Amen and amen. Have a great weekend, folks. Good night.